here we go. Episode three, week three, college football payoff podcast. I'm Dan. I'm with Big Country, and we are getting right back into it with another three plays each. Uh, we'll take a quick look at what happened last week. Uh, I came in two and one, four and three overall. The only loss I had was Ohio State, which I think think I'm probably going to stay away from Ohio State for the most part for the rest of the year. They Their defense just kind of scares me. For now. Yeah, until they figure something out, I'll they're, probably stay away. The way Ryan Day is talking, they're going to make a change on defense. Um, coaching wants here real real soon. Yeah. So I'm, plus, they, I heard today from somebody I was listening to, they have this analyst that used to be like a really, really solid defensive coordinator that they're probably going to sub in for Gary Combs over there. So. I expect that to happen within the next couple of weeks, especially if they show signs of struggle again. Yeah, that needs to happen. Uh, we know you went 0-3 last week. Not not the worst thing in the world. You're allowed to have bad weeks. Yeah. We all know that. Well, the good thing is I'm going to regress from the losing, so this should be a good week for me. Um, got robbed last week. on. I'll, I'll take the, the Akron Temple under. Um, you know, that was a real loss. Wasn't expecting Akron to score 17 points. Also didn't know Akron's defense was that bad. Temple also came in with a backup quarterback and um, put all those points up. So yeah. it's tough. Uh, BC minus 37. I will give myself a pass on that one just because that was, I mean, Phil Dracovic, the quarterback, who's most likely out for the season now, was pretty much the reason why I did that. Yeah. Um, yep. He got hurt. And then Coastal first half minus 15 got robbed like three different times. Were you watching that game? Yeah, I was. So we could have gotten it when we were driving down the field. Grace McCaw fumble cost us the cover. Then we got the ball back, scored. We're covering with about a minute and a half left, and they just let Kansas go right down the field and run a touchdown with like a minute left and a half. Uh, So not good there. I mean, 0-3. Uh, last week, three and four in the season, so I will regress from the losing. Hopefully, that's just natural. And I love the board this week. I have about like twenty plus college football plays from f- starting Friday night through Saturday, and uh, I'm only giving out three. But I mean, I'm I'm reading the board this week. <laughs> Good. So you went. You're three and four. I'm a four and three. We are fifty percent on the pod, which I think after this week, we're going to see that spike up because there's only one way for you to go, and that's up. And then I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about my picks as well. So let's get into it. You want to start us off? Yeah, yeah, I'll go first because I, I got a Friday night game. You don't have the Thursday game, do you? Uh, uh, Louisiana game? No, I do not. All right, good. Yeah, I'm probably staying away. I'm staying up NFL on Thursday. But. So for my first pick of the week, I have Central Florida going to Louisville. This is a Friday night kickoff at 730 and I'm going to go with the over 67 and a half here. Uh, UCF, they're averaging 49 and a half points per game so far this year. They are a really good team. Dylan Gabriel, Heisman Dark Horse, very well talked about quarterback on this podcast. Um, he's thrown for 630 yards and six touchdowns through two games. Uh, and he's gotten a lot of help in the backfield also as they've rushed for uh, 272 yards per game so far this season. Uh, Isaiah Bowser, he's a Northwestern transfer running back. He's got 231 yards and five touchdowns to two games. 
Uh, I really like how they're able to move the ball through the air like last year, but they even have a better rushing attack this year. Their defense is still a little bit shaky um, under Gus Malzahn. They, they did give up 31 to Boise. Louisville's got some similar talent at quarterback as Boise does. And uh, Malzahn is not great on the road. So hopefully the defense is the part of UCF's team that isn't great this week. I'm looking for 45 points from UCF. I think it's definitely doable against a, you know offensive-minded Louisville team. Uh, and, you know, they have good reason to be offensively minded. Uh, Malik Cunningham, their quarterback, he's a definition of a dual threat. Um, he's He's got 100, over 100 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns this year. Um, but his arm is even being better, is way better. Um, 467 passing yards with two touchdowns to two games. He has 135 quarterback rating. And like I said, Scott Satterfield, their head coach, is a very offensive mind. I think they need to be in the mid to high 20s for me to hit this. And knowing that the Central Florida defense needs a little bit of work, I do trust Cunningham and Satterfield to get the job done for me. I just need maybe four touchdowns, and I feel pretty confident. Three, and I still feel kind of confident. So I'm going to go with the over 67 and a half with the UCF. Very good. That is a Friday night game, correct? Yes. All right, cool, because my first game is also a Friday night game. It is Maryland at Illinois. Maryland's seven and a half point favorites over under is 60 and a half. Uh, this is, of course, Friday night, 9 p.m. And with this game, I feel like the spread should be at least two scores or more, or else I'm going crazy because, okay, Illinois won their first game against Nebraska, but Nebraska really is not that good. They're pretty much trash from what I've seen. Oh, yeah. And since the Illini have struggled mightily over the past two weeks, they've lost to, first of all, they lost to a non-Power 5 school, UTSA, and then they got absolutely demolished by Virginia, 42-14. to 14. Their starting quarterback got hurt, and they have a transfer from Rutgers, Arter Sitowski. Um, I believe Ohio State played him one year and just destroyed him. He has to fill in, so now their passing game is not there. That turns them into a one-dimensional team. And Maryland knows that going in, that Illinois is going to have to try to run the ball, wear down the defense, but that's going to be tough when your rushing attack is only averaging four yards a carry and the Maryland defensive line has allowed 114 yards rushing in the first two games combined. Um, furthermore, Illinois' defensive backs are getting torched this year. In the op opener against Nebraska, a team that should not be able to throw against you. There were a lot of broken assignments, and it led to a lot of yards. Last week, Virginia threw for over 400 yards and five touchdowns. And we know who the quarterback for Maryland is. You know, Tonga Bailoa, 76% completion rate so far this year. He's got 606 yards, six touchdowns, no interceptions. It, it seems like it's no-brainer to me. I don't know why it's only seven and a half. Uh, Illinois one and five against the spread in their last six, two and five against the spread in their last seven at home. And like, am I crazy? Do, do I feel like this is too easy because we have a team that struggles to put points on the board. They struggle to pass. They struggle on defense. They're going up against a team that has excelled in rushing defense, excelled in passing offense. They're scoring points. Last week, they put up 62. The week before that, they won 30 to 24 against West Virginia, which is a, it's a, this year, I think that's a pretty good win. It's a damn good win. So, so to me, this is no brainer. Maryland 
seven and a half points. It's easy money. I like that. So. I like it. Um, the only thing that worries me is Illinois is probably bringing back their starter this week. Um, but he was never really elite in the first place. Right. Um, he's definitely better than the quarterback to have him now. But it's it's not a huge point to It's not going to be a huge point differential. So I would ride with you. Not officially on the pod, but I'll probably take that personally. Yeah. All right. Good what do you got next? All right. Uh, Saturday game, noon kickoff. We're going to go with Western Michigan visiting Pitt. And I think Pitt's going to get caught with their pants down here. <laughs> so I'm going to go with the Western Michigan. Uh, right now, it's still going to be a plus 15. I was really hoping for this line to go up more. I bet it today. Um, kind of hoping by Saturday I can get a 16 and a half. Point and a half is probably too much to ask for, though. And uh, I think this West, Western Michigan team is the best team in the MAC, which is playing a little bit better football this year as a whole, out with Toledo doing pretty well. They gave Notre Dame a game last week. Was it Kent State who gave Notre Dame a game? No, it was Toledo. Yeah, Toledo so Max Dame. playing better. I mean, outside of Akron, Bowling Green's even playing better. They yeah. almost won last week, and they gave Tennessee some problems. Um, they're only allowing 122 passing yards per game so far. Really a great lockdown a secondary, which they're going to need against a pretty good quarterback in uh, Kenny Pickett. Uh, Caleb Ellaby, Western Michigan's quarterback, he's thrown for 365 yards and two touchdowns so far this year. No picks. And last year, last week when they played Illinois State, their defense only allowed Illinois State to gain four first downs. Illinois State had a total of 53 yards on offense last week. Um, This is a really good Western Michigan team for max standards. Pitts off to a good start statistically, which is expected. You know, they put a 51 on UMass. Uh, They covered versus Tennessee, had them last week. Not on the pot, of course. Um, but they gave Tennessee, watching that game, they missed a lot of opportunities on offense, which they can't continue to do. And they let Tennessee stay in that game until pretty much the end. They, there were times in the game where they were up by 14 points, 17 points, had chances to score, pretty much put Tennessee out of the misery. But every time that I just thought they were going to break away and I thought I could relax and thought it was a safe cover, they failed me. <laughs> um, they ended. They did end up covering, but it was it was not uh, an easy breeze. Fresh off of an away SEC win, and knowing Pitt's history of struggling against teams that they severely underestimate, I, I just think they get caught. I think this they're they're not necessarily in a look ahead spot, but they're in a letdown spot. Yeah. And I'll I'll take the Western Michigan sneaky good defense, talented quarterback, out of Pitt. A stadium where it's not going to be packed. It's not going to be a high intensity environment. I think Western Michigan has a chance here. Good. Plus 15. I like that. Plus 15. All right. So let me go. I got Saturday at noon. We got Cincinnati, three and a half point favorites at Indiana. Over under is 50. Um, And I know we're only three weeks into the season. I know there's a lot of football left to be played. A lot of upsets left to be had, but I am feeling pretty damn good about Cincinnati this year and their shot at getting into the college football playoff. I love that. Yeah, because, you know, we saw Ohio State and Clemson both losing early in the year. Now, I don't think that takes either team out of consideration for the playoff because they lost early enough in the year. They still got the conference championship. 
Um, but we also have Notre Dame still to follow on Cincinnati's schedule. So, you know, you win that, this is feeling like a team that I can back. And it's not just because of the feel good aspect. It's also because they are a damn good football team. Uh, the Bearcats did exactly what they needed to do against Miami of Ohio and Murray State to start the season. You know, you play bad teams, you got to crush those teams. And that's what they did. And their passing attack has been out of this world. Heisman Trophy candidate at this moment, I think, Desmond Ritter, is putting himself right in the mix uh, through two games, 538 yards, six touchdowns. Their defense is up to par to start the year. They gave up seven points last week, and I believe those seven points came in the first half, well, the first quarter, if not the first half. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they're going to look at spot. They struggled against Murray State last week. It was, I think it was tied 7-7. It was 7-7 at half and after it, that. Yeah. You know, they, they said, all right, we're done with this. Uh, they look to be in true midseason form. And meanwhile, Indiana has looked atrocious throwing the ball. They have not looked too much better moving it on the ground. Okay, they scored 56 last week, but that was against Idaho. And if you don't put up points against Idaho, then you truly are a bad football team. But Michael Penix Jr., their quarterback, you know, he's coming off that bad knee injury uh, that he suffered last season. Through two games, it looks like it's still in the back of his mind. He's not overcome it just yet. He was awful against Iowa. Didn't, he didn't have to do too much against Idaho, but in the position, like the plays where he did uh, pass, he did not look that great. Their passing attack is basically non-existent. They're going to have to be... Uh, they're going to be in for a tough assignment uh, going up against a Luke Fickle defense. I know I bash Fickle, but there's one thing that he does well. It's his defense. I expect this to be a breakout performance type of game for Ritter, just kind of building on what he's done. But this game is going to really set him apart. Uh, I have the Bearcats winning this big. Indiana's just not the same team they were last season. You know, they were they grabbed everyone's attention. They were the Cinderella story last year. But Cincinnati right now, they're flying high. They have playoff hopes. They just accepted that invite to the Big 12. So I think this year they're kind of set, putting the Big 12 on notice, saying, hey, we're coming in. We're going to be the, the team in that conference. Uh, Ritter, running back Jerome Ford, they're going to help Cincy roll. Uh, and the line's three and a half. So I'm taking Cincinnati minus three and a half. And I think it could be, again, a double-digit margin. Yeah, we'll show what it got them at I still, yeah, I would still I mean, take him with four, four though. Um, yeah. Man, I have a thirty-three to one ticket on Ritter to win the Heisman. I like that a so, lot. I would love for him to have a, his come out party because he has put up pretty, pretty good stats so far this year. I mean, they still have Notre Dame and UCF on the schedule too. So if he right. has big so, games against those guys, then that ticket's looking good. And I, I don't think Penix Jr. is that great. No, I think the guy behind him is actually, in fact, better. He's a lead eleven along. He did really well last year when he came in out of nowhere mm-hmm. once Penix got hurt. Yep. I don't know how much longer Penix has in the starting role because they're not getting the results that they expected. You know, after having the great year last year, they're expecting to bounce back. They're not. Um, I think I, once they get into like true conference play, they're then they'll, they'll they're going to fall one and two if they lose to Cincy, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. So, well, they played. They lost to Iowa week one. Right. Yeah. So they'll be one and two. Yeah. They, there might be a change if they lose this week, but yeah, I can we'll see, see it. Let's go, Desmond Ritter. All right. All right. I am for my final pick going to go with 
one of the games of the week, maybe the game of the week. Is that where game days go in this week? Auburn and Penn State? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, game of the week. Many people want to hear about this game. Saturday night kickoff, 7.30 p.m. Penn State's now minus five, which I'll take. And just really quick for me, it's a, it's pretty simple. Auburn has outscored their opponents this year 122 to 10. But those two opponents have been Akron, yeah. who can get beat by a lot of FCS teams, and Alabama State, who is just a terrible program. I I mean, there's I, you can't even look at stats for Auburn because yeah. they're so skewed from the sheer non-talent they've been playing. Um, Bo Nix also, I mean, everybody, I've, you've heard it all week, Bo Nix on the road versus his home stats are ridiculously skewed. I think for his road games throughout his career, he his touchdown to interception ratio is one to one with ten touchdowns and ten interceptions. He's had a great year against nobody so far. I don't see that continuing here, especially a night game at Penn State, who has a lot of momentum. They've already beat Wisconsin, one of the best teams in the Big Ten this year. They beat Ball State last last week in the look ahead spot. I kind of think they're going to beat the shit out of Auburn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm okay with six points, but I'll take the five. Whiteout game, like I said, Clifford, who everybody on the team loves, the Sean Clifford guy. He's a – I wouldn't say he's an elite quarterback by any means, but he's an elite leader. Mm-hmm. All these guys want to get behind him. I haven't heard any beat writer, any teammate, any teammate from uh, Penn State actually say a bad thing about him. Uh, he's thrown for 477 yards this year. This year with two touchdowns, he's got 138 quarterback rating. There are three um, running backs on Penn State's team right now with 11 carries, 11 or more carries, so they've been distributing it pretty evenly on the ground. They've got a few weapons. And then Jason, or Dotson, Jay Dotson from uh, Penn State, their uh, top wide receiver this year, has 167 yards and two touchdowns. Washington on the other side of him is a great wide receiver. With the solid defense, I think I'm, I'm pretty confident this Penn State minus five pick. Okay. Do you think, with the rumors that James Franklin is possibly oh. going to USC, do you think that plays not, anything into this or no? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Maybe not this week. I I also think I think if I could make a bet now, I say James Franklin will probably be yeah. the next head coach of USC. This is a tryout for him. He knows this is the tryout for him. The USC. Uh, head coach position is vacant now. This is a tryout for it. I know that you know the ADs from USC might be at the game to yeah. watch to watch how he operates on the sideline. This is a, a a live interview for that job. Night game, prime time, college game day there, crazy environment. Okay. Yeah, I like I, I, I I think that supports my Penn State. Yeah, um, I mean I'm so, going with Penn State, um, and. The whiteout factor, I think, is going to rattle Bo Nix a lot. I don't think he has the stones to play in a big game like that. So, all right. So, you had a nighttime game on Saturday. I do too. Oklahoma State at Boise State. Uh, this is a nine o'clock kickoff. Boise State's favorite, three and a half. Over under is 57 and a half. And in this game, what we have is a struggling team that has to go on the road to a tough environment to face a team that was. Up 41-13 at halftime last week. 
Okay, Oklahoma State, okay, they're 2-0. and But in those two games, they've been very rough. And this was against Southwest Missouri State, who is FCS. They only won by seven. Oklahoma State won by seven at home. And then they beat Tulsa by five at home, a game in which they were trailing in the fourth, and they needed a 21-point fourth quarter to win it. So the starting quarterback for Oklahoma State, Spencer Sanders, he was out week one. But when he returned last week, he was only able to put up 173 yards through the air. And he was the leading rusher, 62 yards. We know, everyone knows how we feel about a guy who leads the team in passing and rushing. The Cowboys have been doing just enough to squeak out wins. And those wins have been against teams that in no way, shape, or form stack up to who Boise State is. Boise, I mean, they did lose against UCF. That's a tough game. That's week one. Not really that big of a surprise. But the key point that jumps out is that the very next week, they played a very poor UTEP team. They were able to blow them out like you're supposed to. That's a good sign. The ground game still needs a little work, but they showed that they're able to put up the points as they scored their 41 in one half. Boise State is coming off of a good performance against a bad team. Oklahoma State seems like a team that is just not playing well enough to match up. The running game is not working for the Cowboys. They have too many penalties. They turn the ball over too much. If you're going on the road and you have a history so far this season of turning over the ball, you have to hope that your opponent is not leading the nation in takeaways. But hate to say it, Boise State leads the nation in takeaways. They have 11. That's game, set, Already? match. Yes, yeah. 11 on the year. I haven't been too impressed with Oklahoma State's quarterback. No. This year. Nope. So, yeah, Spencer Sanders, he's not all there. So turnovers, we know, decide games. I think Boise blows them out of the water here. They're 4-0 against the spread in their last four in September, 5-1 and against the spread in their last six at home. Oklahoma State, on the other hand, 2-7 and against the spread in their last nine overall. Again, a game that I think Boise State will win by double digits. I got Boise State minus 3.5. I, I mean, I have it on my personal card. It's not a pod pick. Yeah. But I, I think I already put it in. I mean, I, I got three games where I think the spread should be at least double digits, and they're all single. So, feeling pretty I hope confident. you're right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, you've got your three. I got my three. I want to talk about the money line money maker because it is 0 and 2 on the season. I went out on the limb, which I, is okay. I've great. Yeah. We're, we're, it's it's a money line long shot. Well, not necessarily a long shot, but it's not in our favor. Right. So, so you know, I, I picked two teams that I thought win this game. You win some money. But when you start 0-2, you got to go back to old reliable. And for me, that's Kansas State. They've been there for me in the past. They're my sleeper team. I don't need to give any breakdown, any analysis. Kansas State is a home underdog. They will not let me down. Against Nevada, Saturday, 2 p.m., Nevada's a two-point favorite. I'm going with Kansas State at plus 115. Money line. So there it is. I mean, yeah, Skylar Thompson's hurt. He's probably out for the year, the Kansas State's quarterback. But that's the reason this line's lower. Yeah, but Kansas State at home is an underdog. They're going to – I mean, not hit, hit me history, history shows. <laughs> they they worked well. You, so. All right, so let's recap. I will go first. Uh, I just gave you the money line. I have Cincinnati minus 3.5 against Indiana. Maryland minus 7.5. 
against Illinois. That is a Friday kickoff. And Boise State minus three and a half against Oklahoma State. I got UCF Louisville over 67 and a half. Western Michigan plus the 15 at Pitt. And Penn State minus five at home versus Auburn. Beauty. I tell you what, that sounds like a 6 and 0 card for the podcast this week. Yeah. But I think we're good to go. All right. So. That'll do it for us. You got the uh, the socials. Yeah, for follow us on Twitter at CF Payoff Pod. Follow me at Big Country Bets. Follow Dan at Accountant Bets. Um, yeah, man. Like, subscribe, share, and everywhere, everywhere you get your podcast. You can find us anywhere you find your podcast. Make sure to search College Football Payoff. Love it. All right, you got anything else? No, let's go 6-0. All right, yeah, get those bets in. We'll go 6-0 this week, and we'll see you next week. Uh, Until then, like I said, big country. I'm Dan. We will see you later.